This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, and I am joined from Whakatani by Mawera Karatai. Kia ora, Mawera. Kia ora, Sam. How's it going? It's going very well indeed. I'm just back from Tapanui. How was it there? It was good. Despite the fact I worked for the Regional Council for quite a long time in land resources, I don't think I ever really explored that part of the the Otago area. What did you find there today? Well, specifically, I found Vicky Yaka-Jones, which is where she lives, and worked on her doctorate learning agreement. How is that coming along? Going very well. It's going very well. She's focusing on why don't nurses look after themselves? That is so nursing, absolutely nursing self care. There is never and, and a better time than right now for that to happen. Exactly, but it's kind of fundamental. Florence Nightingale talked about them, you know, the, the nurse being selfless. Mm. But it's kind of not working. They do need to know that they need to look after themselves, and how might you overcome that when it's the whole system is set up for them to, you know, be busy. And we need, as a community, as a government, as as everything, to actually make sure that they look after themselves because, boy, do we have a hell of an expectation of our nurses. And it's going to get interesting over the next few months. Mm. And who are we introducing today? Speaking of people who do incredible things for everyone else and probably need to take some downtime <laughs> for themselves... <laughs> Tui Mada McKeenan. Tui is, I first met Tui oh, a few years ago now when um, my family was on her show, Hunting with Tui. She's an amazing TV show uh, about hunting and gathering and, and taking kai from the land. Mum of five, wife of the dog father, uh, an incredible human who does wonderful things in her Gisborne community in Tairawhiti. Um, Tui, it is such a pleasure to have you on here today. Kia ora and welcome. <laughs> oh, kia ora, Mawera. I can already feel the weight. I've got the, my, the hair on my neck is standing up and it's a pleasure to be here. So, nā mahi noi kia koe. E hoa. Kia ora. Kia ora, Tui. So, where are you, Tui? <laughs> kia ora. I'm sitting in my caravan parked outside the Polynesian Spa um uh, about to go into the Polynesian spa with two of my daughters and looking after myself, a bit of self-care. So we're on holiday enjoying my family. Uh, my husband, the the dog father, aka Comrie, he's working in Wellington. So we're here with my parents having lots of fun. Following the sun we are. 
You could be following the sun a long time and not find it around here at the moment. So we've been asking people on the show for a year and a half now how their bubble life was. And of course, now we have to be specific and talk about the first go at bubble life. How was your bubble life last year? Very different to this year. I was working, I was a central worker last year. And um, I was then working for the police and iwi family harm team for Ngāinapa Harikeke uh, as a family harm response coordinator. So um, what was a blessing is that Gisborne, um, its family harm didn't decrease, but it didn't rise over that period, um, whereas the rest of the country did. So it was a great opportunity to be able to um, navigate the navigate the lockdown see how our whanau are doing but my role then was um, behind a computer screen in dealing with statistics um, dealing with the agencies government and non-government agencies so that was my first bubble as well as being a mum and thankfully my hubby he's great at schoolwork he was uh, the school teacher of our two teenagers and I had the easy job I had the pre, uh, the primary school girl so that was me last year and last year's bubble so lots to unpack there we'll get on to, to this year's so mum of five so you're used to having a busy house oh absolutely and mother of five girls so um, a lot of people always say, oh, poor Comrie surrounded by all these girls, but he loves it. We wouldn't have it any other way. And we're going to be well looked after when we're elderly. <laughs> <laughs> Having five precious girls. He could hardly say anything else. No, he's, he actually really enjoys having um, fake, fake cup of teas, you know, with the tea sets. So <laughs> he's loving that his te- teenagers are now, you know, promoted to making the real thing now. So he's loving all these cups of teas. But he's very good at having a fake cup of tea. He's very good at applying makeup. And he's got that down to a fine art now. And um, he's actually a police dog handler. So, you know, they, they're quite well known as being macho or tough for um, But he is a very... Um, sensitive guy to us females in his home. <laughs> and did you did you all survive the the the, the being together for that long? Because it's quite a test for for anybody being in, in a in a house and not being able to get out and do the Absolutely. normal sorts of things you do. But but with a lot of people in the house, it 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 worked for you. It did. It was it was the unknown. It was scary at first. Um, well we both were working I was working from home on my computer Comrie was out mainly on night shift but um, I was very strict I was like right you had to take your uniform off outside my house put it in this bucket (laughs) sanitize yourself (laughs) you had to go through quarantine to get into my home because it was the unknown but I think being able to work and have that time apart it, it just made lockdown a breeze What's really sad, and um, my friend who works for a lawyer firm, uh, she said that after both lockdowns, just the increase of um, property settlement or divorce or people wanting to separate after the lockdown has increased, and that's really sad to hear. But we're blessed. It's actually made our relationship stronger, the two lockdowns. We're more prepared for the second one um, because of the hunting and gathering lifestyle that we have. 
and your your work as family harm response coordinator. You, I, I imagine there would have, you would have been like holding your breath during the lockdown, just just knowing that the that pot could boil over. Yeah, absolutely. Um, being last year, having working with the statistics, reading about it, working with my computer, um, I didn't actually realise the the need out there in our community until this lockdown, because my role has changed this year. I was um, frontline visiting families from a distance, making contact food contactless food deliveries, and to um, look after families. So it was a really good opportunity for me to see the need in our community this year around. This lockdown, this year I should say. Let's take the first of your music tracks. Let's have a John Lennon woman. Why this one? My husband sings it to me. <laughs> <laughs> and he loves it. <laughs> it's his favourite song, but I, um, when Maweta asked me for two favourite songs, that's the one I thought of straight away. And he serenaded um, me with the song uh, at my 40th birthday, which was two years ago. So it's a special song to me. And I'm missing him because we're not going to see each other for three weeks. He's working in Wellington for three weeks. So this one's for you, babe.
Latui, tell me about this hunting and fishing lifestyle that you describe. Oh, well, like, um, it, I'm really looking forward to sharing the next part with you because what happened this lockdown is we obviously learnt from last lockdown to be prepared, so we were. Our freezers were packed, and I was actually looking forward to um, going to lockdown to have that quality time with my family. So I work with for the Ministry of Education. They have strict guidelines that we can't be working. We have to lock down. But I found um, a loophole. Once I, because I kept in touch with the teachers, and I started hearing about stories of how our families were suffering. So um, I think my specialty is being creative and breaking the rules without breaking them. So I um, managed to come under the umbrella of Manaki Tairafati, which allowed me to be a central worker and visit these homes of, of the families that were, were doing that hard. And I um, actually cried one night because I was thinking, I was, you know, sitting in my cushy number with my freezers full and thinking, how dare I you know, post on social media, eating venison again tonight, when I know that five minutes up the road, there are kids that are hungry. And so what happened next is I emptied my freezer and I just gave it all away to the families that I'm working with. So it sparked a fire inside me to go and teach families how to fill their freezer too. So if they have to go into lockdown again, that they will be comfortable and know that they've got food to feed their families. And I learned that from Mawera actually. So if you watch Hunting with Tui, the episode um, where I met Maweta the first time, I mentioned in the opening line of the show that I'm just about to meet a family and they don't buy meat. How impressive is that? And so that is where I met Maweta to fill my freezer through hunting and gathering. It was my mission and she exposed me to that. So thank you, Maweta. So were you actively doing that, not during lockdown, I suspect, but in the... We're going to have to come up with a term for the gap between the right. lockdowns. The interlockdown. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My boss is amazing. Straight after lockdown, we went hunting. And uh, we, we got a few deer and I brought them home, took them to school where I work at. So I work as a well-being support worker for families. I work with them holistically. My boss is amazing. I say, boss, can I take these families into the bush? She's like, go for it, Tui. Um, I find solutions for barriers. That's my job. For example, a young newly married couple have been asking for relationship counselling. And there's about a six-week wait in Gisborne. And they're not that keen to go and sit with a clinical person in an office with someone that they don't know. So I said to my boss, hey, boss, I'm getting this new boat. How about me and hubby take them out fishing? <laughs> and we'll call it marriage counselling. And she's like, love it, Tui. They can learn how to communicate. Your husband's a police officer. So if they have a rararu, he'll be there and, and they'll bring all this fish home for their kids. Yes, love it. So that's how I work with families. Um, with the communities supporting me, a lot of local farmers or hunters, they'll drop off venison. I take it to school, I skin it with the families and the kids and um, slowly, one by one, we are filling their freezers. They're not huge freezers that they have, they're the chest freezers on top of the fridge 
and they love turkey. So thanks to Marweta again, she introduced me to turkey and peacocks and how delicious they are. So what I'm doing is I'm on teaching that to these families, taste this, and they're like, wow, that tastes amazing. Come on then, we're going up the coast, let's fill your freezer and you can just tell white lies to your children that it's chicken nuggets. And they do, and they love it. <laughs> There's a huge need in our... The, oh, sorry, what was that, Sam? For anyone who doesn't come from a place where a peacock is a pest, it kind of is weird. Yeah. They are really beautiful, but uh, the community I work with, there's a lot of artists or weavers or um, the elderly woman who make the korowai, so we don't let anything go to waste. It's a bit of an operation. The weavers, they come hunting with us and they're waiting um, for the feathers and it's like a processing chain. So nothing gets wasted and it's beautiful. Even though they are these beautiful pests, they're feeding the community and they are um, providing beautiful feathers for these art pieces. That's cool. That's a really a, a win-win-win all round, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Going back to um, me being creative and learning how to do things legally and twisting things um we have just launched kai order food bags which is starting next week so they managed to find a loophole thanks to mpi they've come on board and we are allowed to process venison mints through our local butcher who is mpi certified and we've just opened a food bank at school the waikirikiri school food bank and our freezer is chock-a-block block of mpi butcher certified mints so the Kai Order food bag, how that runs is, because I'm all about empowering families and giving them hand-ups and not handouts, and I'm sick of giving food parcels out all the time. So I've empowered our families by um, providing the service alongside a, a local um, charity called Hooting the Pie. So what happens is they pay $10 a week into this charitable trust account, and every Thursday two dinners will get delivered to their child's classroom to take home for them to prepare. Um, so it's all the ingredients they need, like for nachos, mints, um, burgers, all the, the yummy, delicious recipes. And so they're paying for those ingredients, except the mints, because you can't sell mints. But because we have a food bank at school now, the mints is gifted to the families to go alongside their food bag. So I'm really excited about being able to do that. I started to apply for funding or um, contact MSD, but I'm not a paperwork person. <laughs> I'm a go-getter. So instead of getting funding for this, I've just asked the community to help out. We run we um, run raffles to pay for the processing costs of the mints. And the $5 that um, families are paying per, per meal for a family of four or $10 for a family of eight, that money will be... Um, more than enough to pay for the extra ingredients to go with this month. So I'm looking forward to seeing uh, the new energy that our family families have through eating this high quality meat and ingredients. Because I don't blame our families for buying, you know, a six pack of noodles. I went to the supermarket the other day to buy some broccoli. It was three dollars fifty for one broccoli, and I'm like, I get it, families. I get why you buy that three dollars bag of noodles instead of that one broccoli I totally get it and so to be able to provide families with healthy kai it's very very rewarding and it's empowering them too because they're subscribing 
you know, their budgeting this money to put aside to get this good quality food so it's empowering them. Plus they skin it, they skin the deer, they're, they're doing the mahi themselves. It's so cool. One more thing about that is most of the families that I work with, they connect to the land that these deer are coming from. So it's like Papatuanuku is nourishing these deer that are feeding the whanau who belong to the whenua. So the families I work with are urbanised Māori in Gisborne City and they whakapapa up, up, to up, up and down the coast and because they now have a new understanding of hunting and gathering food and processing it at school, they're now connecting to where they're from. Hey uncle, take me hunting or teach me how to do it up, up the coast. And that's beautiful to see, whānau and whenua through kai order. Is there a, a plan to, like if, say you're making nachos, right, and you would use some sort of tomato base, is there a plan to, like get everyone growing a couple of tomatoes and actually start teaching people how to bottle the tomatoes to make their own pasta sauces and things like that? Oh, absolutely, Marweta. That's the long-term vision. And we do have a school garden at the moment, so definitely, yep. Can I help? That's a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you need another roadie to Gizzy. Because <laughs> that's... We've got a no... create... <laughs> Because once oh, you that? learn that, once once somebody learns that stuff, you can't unlearn it, and it just becomes the normal part of life. You know, we, we process all of the fruit and veggies that come out of our garden there that go in, the, in a freezer or in a jam or in a relish or, you know, or in, a, in a bottle, but nothing goes to waste, and it just means that we can have the produce that we, that we, that we grow all year round. And it's such a beautiful gift to give. Oh, yeah. It is, and it's so cool to teach our kids. Like the the other day when we were skinning deer, some of the parents didn't turn up, so I put on our teacher's chat, hey, if any kids need time out, send them into the car park under the tree, and I was giggling to myself, hmm, you would never see this at like an Auckland grammar or <laughs> a high decile school, you know, all these animals hanging in these trees. And then I looked up and six kids came out. And, um, you know, these are children who have... Um, learning difficulties or behavioural um, difficulties. You know, these are our beautiful Tonga that have come out with me and they were just tow for the whole two hours. They were calm, they were loving it and they've never, never experienced anything like that before. So being able to share that opportunity of skinning a deal with them, it's just, you can't, you can't put that in a textbook, you can't buy that, you can't teach that. It's just a beautiful thing to watch. There's, there's no way to explain to anybody the incredible feeling that comes from working with meat or working with anything that you've grown or food. It's that it's a connection to life that you'll never experience unless you've done it. Yeah, it's, it's, oh, it's a beautiful yeah. thing. And you, you get feedback from the parents. You know, a little Johnny came home and he told me about this venison mint that he, he processed with you and he's just buzzing and I haven't seen him buzzing about school like that for a very long time so there it is. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokanui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, nā mihi aroha nui ki a koutou I hope you're all happy to stay, beautiful stars and your beloved universes. I really hope 
whatever you are, what this journey you want to give is proving to be very rewarding, very sustaining for you more and more. You, you, a triumph of nature's perfect and here, Maker. Thank you. So I know that for all of us, over the last nearly two years, we had to be really on high alert and this has taken it out of us and is taking it out of us. So it's so important we acknowledge the strain that our whole order, our health, our well-being is and has been under for some time. And in recognising this, of course, that we're kind and compassionate to each other and to ourselves and we find ways and strategies to care for ourselves in the midst of this global panic. So something, of course, that I'm very grateful for and helps me is the opportunity to connect with the people around me, whether or not we're on Zoom, whether or not we're texting, whether or not we're on other sides of the planet talking via miraculous technology, whether or not we're communicating in real life with masks on, using our eyes a lot more, really communicating more vigorously with our eyes, whether we're in a context where we're able to take off our masks and communicate. All of these opportunities really nourish and enrich my life and I'm so grateful for them. And today I'll be heading to my beloved might attend to set up more bird feeders and in this time I know lots of wonderful people will come to see me and talk to me. I'll have the opportunity to connect with them and I'm really excited about that. And of course part of our relationships, our manakitaka, reciprocity, our exchanges that we function in as a species, as a society, as a planet, as an ecosystem. All life is based on exchange. When we have the opportunity for this exchange, we can really make the most of it and see it as a gift and as a learning opportunity and as an opportunity to share our best selves. I'm excited to hear the stories of people's birds in their backyards and, of course, to talk about my heart's home, Otokunu Ecosync people, who have worked for the last 12 years. And over those 12 years, all the connections, all of the exchanges I've had have further inspired me to continue to be there forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. So I really hope for you the exchanges that you're having at the moment, the interactions that you're able to have through whatever technology, medium, in whatever context, on whatever level, are proving to be very rewarding and very sustaining and very nourishing and affirming and validating and reminding you you are. Of course, there's the external universe that we interact with and there's the universe within. And something that I enjoy, of course, is that when I have time on my own, when I have quiet time for myself, that any universe springs into being more vivacity and I'm able to communicate in that realm too. And of course, for all of us, we have so many different selves within us, so different facets and qualities. And all of these aspects have been observing our lives as we erupted into being. And they have a lot to share with us. They have a lot of wisdom to share with us based on these observations. So I really hope for you, you're getting that time for yourself as well to go within and reflect and hear the wisdom of your inner selves what they have been observing, what they are realising alongside you. And I'll look forward to talking to you again. Thanks so much. Kakite. You're listening to Blowing Bubbles. We're talking with Tui Maramakinen. Tui, there is a real 
feeling of of a, a lot of pressure on our kids at the moment to have to overcome some really massive challenges, the likes of which our generation, I mean, like we like to think, you know, we had the the oil thing, you know, we we're all going to run out of oil and, you know, there was a few things like that, ha that that happened as we were growing up, but nothing like what our kids are facing at the moment, just significant barriers to their future. And I, I see what you're doing is actually being one of the ways forward. Do you think that this will make a difference to the lot to the long term future for them in health? Oh, absolutely. First of all, our boss, um, the principal, and the board of trustees—they're fully backing the mahi that I do, um, taking kids and families into the bush and soon to be on the sea. Um, and they they get it because they can see the results with their families with the kids that outdoor lifestyle of hunting and gathering and looking after Papatuanuku, even through the Eastern Field Link project that we assist with. Um, I take kids and families, the parents out to the bush to set traps and rebate re them. And when we leave, I say, oh, you're a conservationist. Now you can put that on your CV. And you just see that sense of pride of being able to connect with the bush and also protect it. So I think the tools that we're teaching them um, through Te Ao Māori and also through hunting and gathering um, because when you think about it, that's what we did. That's what our ancestors did. So it's connecting them back to the to their roots. It's providing them a sense of identity and, and a new found mana that they didn't realise that was there. I love that, and I, I can, I think it's got to help. <laughs> from from those experiences that the kids have, will come the feeling of being able to care for themselves and their family in a way that kids who have never done anything like that will never know how that feels and I just know from Jack this weekend you know he shot six goats and he skinned them he boned them out he minced them he packed them up he put the mints in the freezer he's 11 and he's fed our family you know for the next few weeks just on the you know taking a few shots on the farm on the weekend yeah. and um that it's just an extraordinary gift to give a child that ability to know that they can be independent. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. And my shift, my thinking has shifted over the years. Um, I grew up in Christchurch, so I was far from the hunter-gatherer lifestyle. And having five girls, you think, oh, I don't think they'll like it, but they love it. All five of them, they get into it. They are... Um, having fights of who's going out with mum and dad, what day, you know, it's your turn, no, it's my turn. They are so into it and that is the best thing out of all of this that I love to watch is they have embraced this journey, this lifestyle that they will continue into their adulthood and I know that they're going to be fine. You know, Even if they marry non-hunters, you know, they'll be fine. <laughs> they'll be bringing home the bacon. <laughs> oh, absolutely. They will. What I like about this, because I'm definitely not a hunter, what I like about it is the the approach to well-being, that it's taking well-being beyond something that is kind of theoretical or something that's just talked about at a political level to you're actually, this has got legs on the ground and it's an, it's an, they're empowering legs. Is, is that getting noticed? Absolutely. It is. So 
um, other education educational facilities are asking you know how how do we implement this because they see the results uh, the beauty about my job there's no KRAs or boxes that I have to tick I just take whānau out into the bush and a lot of the time we don't even go hunting we just go to rebate the traps but what I love watching is every single time our families go into the bush for the first time on that project they come back and their wairua has been uplifted you know the stress of their life has just washed away it's like there's a reset button in the in the bush and when they come in it's like they press that button and they come back better parents better adults you know better members of of the community and they're willing to engage with me more so i try to incorporate that bush trip at the start of the engagement that i make with these families and i find that whanaungatanga and that relationship building that i make with them in the bush only for 24 hours they come back and they're ready to engage with everything that i have to offer them um, which is inclusive of hunting gathering and also um, the parenting course building awesome whanau so instead of going up to their house and knocking on the door and saying, oh, I'm running this parenting course, it's called Building Awesome Farno, it starts on this day, there's six spots, do you want one? I go knock on their door in my hunt truck, usually with my gum boots on, and say, hey, we've got a bush trip next week, are you keen? And they're all like, yes. Or, hey, I'm skinning a deer in, in the trees at school, do you want to come and get you some meat? Yes. And then it, it's just, it's working. <laughs> and there's no degree, I didn't have to get a degree in at university. <laughs> or psychology or counselling or anything I'm just like well I've learned this in the last three years and the bush makes me feel this way and it's done this for my marriage and it's done this for my parenting surely it'll do the same for you and it does I don't even educate our, our families I just take them into the bush and the bush ed educates them I really like the idea of that reset button in the bush mm -hmm. Not, it's not even you don't even have to hunt for it it, it like presses itself no, you once don't. you once you walk past it <laughs> it sure does it's right next door to the waterfall <laughs> <laughs> let's take the second of your music tracks let's have rahana umbrella why this one it's a song that me and my daughters sing at the top of our lungs on the way to school in the morning. <laughs> that, that is all. <laughs> and apparently there's um, some of the lyrics my husband was saying is um, uh, they're from scripture. So I'm not sure which ones. It might be the chorus or something. So I thought, oh, that was interesting for Rihanna to include scripture. Yeah. But I love it. I love screaming. I'm a real flat singer. You know, I don't, um, I think I'd take after my dad's side for that one. No kapahaka queen here. No clouds in my stones. Let it rain, I hide your plane in the bank. Coming down like a Dow Jones. When the clouds come, we go. We Rockefellers. We fly higher than weather. And G5s are better. You know me. In anticipation for precipitation, stack chips with a rainy day. Jay, Rain Man is back with Little Miss Sunshine. Rihanna, where you at? You have my heart, and we'll never be worlds apart. Maybe in magazines, but you'll still be my star. 
found a CD in the car when I was going to Tapanui today that I hadn't listened to for a while and I found myself belting out Icy Red very loudly (laughs) remembering when little kids were belting it out with me (laughs) oh good Toby we've seen lots of changes in society over the last couple of years what do you think is going to stick and perhaps more importantly what do you hope will stick well, over the years, I've learnt and watched severe trauma uh, through my uh, job as an ex-police officer and also throughout the years of working with, with people and families, I've seen that trauma and that trauma hasn't changed over the years. Um, what I'm finding quite interesting at the moment is the amount of people that are on P these days. That's something that I wasn't exposed to as a young police officer 
So that throws a huge spanner in the works. Um, this year has been the first year in, in all my years of working for, for government that I have finally received my glasses, I call them. I finally see through their eyes and their being the whānau that I work with. They have taught me so much this past year that I finally get it. I get what they're living in. I can see it. I can see what works and what doesn't work. And everything I've learned from the system ways or the government ways, yeah, there's credit in that, but I can see this other way of working, this alternative way of working with our family. That is what is working because my families are teaching me what they need, not what I think that they need. So it's like I've taken my um, government slash system glasses off and I've actually put their glasses on. And I think once you are in the position to do that, you're ready to help families in the way that they need. And that's what I, I feel really grateful to them for giving me those new set of glasses. And they're pretty trendy too. They've got some tints on them. <laughs> to push to push that metaphor a, a bit more, do you think that you could apply corrective lenses to the government's system lenses? That view to to or is that oh ab- is it broken? Absolutely. Uh, no, I think there is. I think the government are starting to catch on. Hence, why I'm employed. I'm employed by the Ministry of Education to take families into the bush. You know, you never hear that before. <laughs> and they they get it. They, they've, they're starting to realise that our families are not one size fits all and they're prepared to let a community choose what they or who they want to work with their families. There's a place for the government. There's a place for the system. Um, thanks to my old system job, I'm actually connecting our families on a daily basis you know, to lawyers or to support networks out there that they need to, to you know, make their lives better but it's not the only way would you like to see a, a tui all over the place what what would it take to i'm assuming you would what would it take to make that happen oh i would love to see that and and i really hope and it, it's already happening schools are like what you do what how and they're knocking on my principal's door you know we want to incorporate this in our school can you tell us what you're doing so my school yes it is a low decile school so there's me working with families I'm the well-being person for families then we have a well-being teacher who is um, for the staff and the students and then we have our principal our social worker in schools and um, also the ministry ministry of education are starting to bring out school counsellors as well so we have a whole well-being team. We we cross over each other, we support each other, and we get the ultimate best for our families. So it's not just me doing the work. It's a whole well-being team, and I think that's the key in being able to provide our families and our kids especially with what they need to get through life. Because school is a safe haven for our children. A lot of our children, they come to school and they feel safe. And for me to be able to work in the home, it's just been incredible. I love my job. That's such good news because I think we've talked about it on the show before that when the government came out with the well-being budget, whenever it was, four years ago or so, I mean, the, the term well-being had been around in sort of academic circles for, for longer than that. But the feeling that we got, particularly from the media, was, oh, yeah, that's kind of cute, but where's the money? And it kind of like 
mm. almost seemed as though it was that that was a thing that they tried and didn't really work. But this is like this is this is this is really meaningful. Yeah, I think my um, my role doesn't have a job description <laughs> or doesn't have uh, boxes to tick. So I think that's pretty special, you know, for a government department having no job job description. Um, but like I said before, if there's barriers that our families are facing, my job is to find solutions for them. So, for example, um, housing. You know, we have two, three families living in one three-bedroom home, so it's been able to find cabins for them or, or find creative ways to ease ease the stress. Um, it's families not being able to afford food, so it's having taking them supermarket shopping and showing them this is how you fill your trolley for 100 bucks. But now we've got this food bag service, which I haven't heard of anywhere else in the country that's doing it, where our school community can pay 10 bucks for two wholesome dinners. And so it's just another thing is rubbish. Um, rubbish is huge. It's a huge problem that our, our families face because rubbish stickers are expensive. It's either a bottle of milk or a rubbish sticker. I don't know what I'd choose, the rubbish sticker. So it, we're educating of teamed up with the local council to educate our families through the kids and my job is to educate the parents you know how to recycle properly how to look after Papa Tuanuku so when I'm taking them in the bush and when they're having that connection with Papa Tuanuku they come back home and they think oh yeah I'm going to do better with my rubbish because I've just been there and Papa Tuanuku has given me something awesome today and I'm going to give something and so with this food bag Papa Tuanuku is nourishing the deer it's growing the vegetables that's in these food bags. So let's look after it by recycling properly because it's a whole school approach with the kids and the parents and the staff. It's becoming a new culture and it's beautiful to watch. I have some questions to end the show and not very much time, so we shall have to be quick through them. What is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? Good question. The biggest success is that I found her and her being me. So thanks to the Hunting with Tui TV show, the very first episode I filmed was at Mount Hukarangi, my Maunga. So I believed a huge lie my whole entire life. Born and bred in Christchurch, joined the Navy, then the police, boys club. So I believe that Māori are inferior and women are inferior. Best to be one of the boys. And that lie only three years ago exploded and I saw the truth for the very first time and that truth has set me free and I'm on a mission (laughs) can you feel the weight of it (laughs) that is the best thing that's happened to me (laughs) I found her and she's pretty cool (laughs) I think that's one of the coolest successes we've had in 315 episodes so we're writing a book of these conversations it's called Tomorrow's Heroes it's our team of people doing good work you are most definitely in that team what's your superpower? My superpower is my glasses I'm wearing. My new cool glasses. <laughs> That's my superpower. I can see things and it's good. So do you consider yourself to be an activist? <laughs> no. Oh, I must really um, pull apart that word. I might be. <laughs> I didn't think I was creative. I would never call myself creative, but now I'm like, yeah, how for you I'm creative. So, yeah, I must pull apart that word and actually analyze it i might be saying yeah i'm an activist <laughs> i'm half maori and i'm half Pakistani, and i'm proud of that and i think it's a good combination to have 
So what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? My kids, absolutely. Yeah, and I just heard you saying before, you know, you were, you were singing in the car and reminiscing about how you used to sing with your kids, and that just drives me. It fuels me even more, you know, to not make myself so busy, to enjoy the day like you're not gonna you know see your kids again because in reality you won't because time just flies and i've got two teenage one's left home got two teenagers at home before you know i'm gonna have two left that's my kids so what is the biggest challenge or opportunity that you're looking forward to in the next year or so to see more freezers full i just want to get out there and fill more freezers that's my challenge that's my mission and not just the chest freezer. You know, when our families to be shopping at Noel Lemmings, oh, I'll have that large chest freezer over there. Not just the small <laughs> tube ones that they're, they're used to. <laughs> Some people uh, are into big cars. I'm into big freezers. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? Discover the lies that you have in your life. Analyze them and get rid of them because it's the truth that sets you free, but you need to go hunting for those lies. Don't worry about hunting for the deer, go and hunt for some lies. That'll help you with your overall well-being. Thank you for that. Mawera? Well, that is some powerful advice <laughs> right there, I have to say. Um, I love that your school is for the families, not just for the children. That, that family-centric view of education changes everything. It's such a beautiful thing. And thank you for choosing to see the world through the lenses of the people in our communities when nobody else actually seems to want to look a lot of the time because they don't want to see what's really going on. And it's a beautiful thing that you do. And you're such an amazing woman, Tui. I'm so glad to know you. And thank you for joining us today. Oh, thank you, Mawera. And if it's sunny in Fagatani, I'll be calling in on the way home. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Go and have a great swim or kind of float soak yeah <laughs> oh, well my girls are waiting their togs are on they're keen <laughs> thank you very much for joining us
listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We broadcast on Otago Access Radio every weekday afternoon at 3 and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We had a contribution today from Tahu McKenzie. This is Hunters and Collectors. Do you see what I see? I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, with Mawira Karatai in Fakatani, and from Gisborne, but in Rotorua, we've been joined by Tui Marama Keenan. That was Blowing Bubbles. We hope you enjoyed the show. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.